Welcome to Exodus, California. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, and my husband, Paul, will be your co-host as we share our story about how we left California and made our home in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Exodus, California is a podcast for Californians who've had enough and are getting ready to pull the trigger and make that move out of a state they once loved. Some of you may be thinking of moving to Arizona or Idaho. Many more of you will land in Texas or even Nevada. But for those of you thinking about Tennessee, this podcast is where you'll discover lots of valuable information on just how to make that move. There's a mass exodus out of the Golden State happening today. The beautiful Western State was once a coveted destination for millions of families who moved there because they wanted better opportunities, better weather, and the freedom to enjoy both. But sadly, California is not the same today. I'm a third generation Californian and I completely understand all the reasons you fell in love with California. But I also understand all the reasons you're thinking about leaving her now. On our show, we'll talk about all those questions you have about moving to Tennessee, things like taxes, real estate prices, churches, public schools, crime rates, tornadoes, and yes, we'll even talk about the one thing that scares a Californian most of all, humidity. Once we moved our family to Tennessee, our company has not stopped and we seriously love it. We just love having people here. We've shown so much real estate and so many have fallen in love with the state we moved to. I'm telling you, the word is out. Many have moved here and we don't just talk to our family. We talk to friends and friends of friends and even strangers on a weekly basis. People who want to know all the details about how we did what we did when we moved to Tennessee with no friends waiting, no family here to help us, and no job on the horizon. And honestly, it was the best decision we have ever made. We pray this podcast encourages you, answers some questions, and gives you the help you need to start planning your very own exodus from California. Welcome to Exodus, California. I am your host, Joanne Kraft, and I am here with my co-host and husband, Paul Kraft. Hey, everybody. We are here to encourage you and give you hope, and I wanted to introduce my husband to you. Uh, He is an attorney licensed in both California and Tennessee. He is also, besides being my best friend, he is also a teacher. He taught in I would say the California Junior College, criminal law, and he loves that kind of thing. I would say teaching is his favorite thing, but he's also a real estate broker. And that's kind of what brings us here today to help you in California learn how you can make Tennessee your home. Hey, enough about me. Joanne is a former 911 dispatcher and a author of two nonfiction books about raising kids that are available at Amazon.com. And uh, she is hosting this podcast and running all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and, I, and this is going to be fun. We wanted to start off the podcast uh, with the one thing that we get asked by pretty much every single person that visits us uh, in Tennessee. Uh, Where do you get good barbecue? Yes, that is definitely what they ask us. And Paul and I actually debate about that. So just so you know. It's Edley's. Uh, it would be Jack of Hearts in Spring Hill. But what I wanted to share was our story, because when people come here, they say, what brought you to Tennessee? And we have lots and lots of company. Anybody who knows us 
they think that we've maybe lost our mind, but we love having family and friends and friends of friends come and stay with us. And so many have moved here now that we thought, you know what, we need to put all of this information that we share at least weekly with people texting and calling and and getting information. We wanted to put it in one place for you so that you could share it with your friends and and maybe even we could possibly even be the ones that can help you move here and make Tennessee your home. So how did we end up in Tennessee? Well, let's go back to the beginning. Jen and I are both born and raised in California. We lived there uh, all of our adult lives. Uh, Both went to high school there, went to college there, started our careers there, raised families there. It's really the only place that we've ever known uh, to live, especially as adults uh, raising kids. And so we started out in the Bay Area, Uh, After that, we moved up to the Sacramento area and lived in the Sierra Nevada foothills. And as time went on, as as California changed dramatically from the late 80s uh, into the 2000s, we realized that maybe this isn't the place for us anymore, that we necessarily hadn't left California, but California had more left us and we didn't recognize the place we were living in anymore. And we wanted someplace that was more in line with the lifestyle we wanted, uh, as well as a place that we thought would be uh, better for raising our children, as well as giving our kids a better opportunity. But we have to admit, anybody that knew us, I know there are friends that may listen to this from our former places of employment, or even from our former church, they're going to know that, hey, you guys always were kind of drawn to the South, which I think we were. But we didn't start looking at Tennessee, we actually started looking at Texas. And that was, uh, I would, what would you say, about 2006 we were out there? Oh, we went out there, well, we started looking in the early 2000s, but made a trip out there about 2004. And uh, we're seriously considering moving out there into the Austin area. But after we thought about it some more and had a chance to visit a couple of times, we realized that that just wasn't the right place for us. And we'd still love Texas. We love the flag, love the pride the people had in the state, love the people. I mean, they were amazing. But we felt like... We wanted to do some things and have a lifestyle that we wouldn't be conducive, like travel. I mean, Texas is so huge. It would take forever to drive through it. Uh, I also love the seasons. I love having fall and winter and spring and summer. And everybody in Tennessee, or excuse me, in Texas, told us that summer lasted about 11 and a half months. Well, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, Texas is like an 8 and Tennessee is like a 9. I mean, we would have been happy in Texas. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, It would have been better than what we were getting in California. But Tennessee just kind of took it to the next level. Just a couple of things about Tennessee that elevated above Texas. So, you know, again, I would say Texas rates as an eight eight, and Tennessee would rate as a nine. That's, that's, That's a good way to put it. And for us, how it kind of started was, well, I would, I would say what kind of opened our eyes. Our oldest had almost gotten through college. So this was 2008, 2009. And basically we saw that tuition had gone up back then. 90, I think we read an article, was 95% in five years or some, some crazy astronomical number. And back in the day when our four were younger, I remember saying to her, wherever you want to go, we'll pay for it. Okay. That was ridiculous. That was not going to happen ever if we were going to want to retire, you know, and then you were teaching at the junior college and seeing that people, that kids weren't finishing college in four years, correct? Well, there was a lot going on at the college and that, uh, yeah, I would have kids coming up to me and my class was a class they needed to get their degree in. And they would say, Hey, Professor Kraft, can I please get into your class? And I was like, no, I'm full. I, I can't take anymore. 
And I was seeing kids taking two, three, sometimes four years just to finish community college. And you start to do the math. If you come out of school making you know $50,000 a year, but you're delayed by two to three years, where your kids have now lost $100,000 to $150,000 in income because of the way that California has run their schools and their budget. And so we just started to see a lot of those types of things, a lot of the social engineering that was going on in schools that really wasn't about teaching, you know, math and reading and arithmetic. It was more about, you know, indoctrinating them with, with certain beliefs and philosophies that uh, we really didn't think had a place in the public school system. And so those things prompted a lot of that. The cost of college, we had, at that time, we had three kids that were going to come out of public school and eventually go into college. And just the cost for that was going to be prohibitive. For example, our son David wanted to be a vet, and we looked at UC Davis uh, for vet school, and I believe at that time tuition was 50000 a year. It's a four-year program. That's $200,000. University of Tennessee, which is also a top-rated veterinary school, uh, I believe their tuition was about 25000 a year at the time. So you're, you're looking at 100000 versus $200,000 for the exact same degree. Uh, so you start to do those numbers, and, and things start to add up real quick. Yeah. And, and I would say it was kind of what happened for me that kind of got us to Tennessee. You, you pay way too much attention, I would say, to to the newspapers, to articles, uh, to statistics, to all that stuff. And I know at one time you said to me, Joanne, I, if we stay here, I'm going to have a logic stroke. And that is absolutely true. I would have. <laughs> and so about that time, I received I was writing for a devotional website and I, re- I won this like, I don't know, like this $100, what was it, like a sponsorship to go to um, a women, a Christian writers event in North Carolina. And it, so for the first time, I thought, okay, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And I got on a plane and I flew out, the, out to North Carolina and I flew over the South a bit. And I remember calling you and saying, this, what in the world? It is beautiful out here. We need to come out here. And, but let's also admit I had my first red velvet cupcake and that was a big deal. But we came home and I forget if we flew out or drove out, but you started kind of paying even more attention to Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. We looked at pretty much all the South, didn't we? And Texas. I mean, we, we eliminated, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. But once we reached the decision that we had to leave California, that it just wasn't working for us. And you see the politics coming down the pike, um, the laws that were being passed. I mean, California each year passes about a thousand brand new laws. And there's no way for the average person to keep up with that, to know what's going on. And and so when you see that coming down the pike, uh, the way that you know real estate's being treated in California, there's a reason why it's a housing shortage there. And, and quite frankly, it's because of governmental intervention in the housing market. Uh, that's It's a government-created housing shortage. And that's not looking to change anytime soon. And so those things are only going to get more problematic. So we're looking at our kids coming out of college, not being able to afford to buy a house. You saw a lot of our friends whose kids graduated from college and they were either moving back in with their parents or renting someplace or or moving out of state. Uh, Very good friends of ours had four kids just like us. All four of them ended up in different states, one in New York, one in Texas, and, and two of them in Oregon. And we thought, we don't want that to happen with our family if we can help it. We'd like to, you know, set them up so they have at least the opportunity for success and aren't forced to leave, which is what happened with them. Well, I was going to say, too, working, we, we have a habit of watching the next generation. And I know working at the police department, I was paying attention to where are people going when they retire? And I was noticing that police officers, many of them, uh, if they could, they were leaving the state. And so I thought, well, 
wait a minute, what do they know that we don't, you know, well, you already knew it, but it took me a little longer because everybody I loved was still in California, which is hard. But like you said, with kids, I remember saying back in the day, oh, well, they can afford it like we can afford it. No, no, they can't. And I'm going to say the other thing that we noticed when we went looking around, kind of taking the kids to do family stuff, we noticed that people at Starbucks, people, we went to Disneyland, people working at jobs that should be jobs for teenagers were jobs with people holding master's degrees. I mean, it was crazy going to Starbucks and talking to people and going and knowing they have... This is in California. Right, in California, that they have these accelerated degrees. Anyway, so um, we went out to Tennessee. Um, we, we, we went up through Georgia. We didn't go to Atlanta because... Well, before you get to that, I got to a point that you just made about, well, if our kids, you know, we did it so our kids can do it, but why? I mean, why should our kids have to work so hard to have a life in California and to spend so much of their time, effort, energy, and money just to be middle class in California when they can get that same lifestyle, those same benefits someplace else, whether that's Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, the Carolinas, Idaho, uh, Oregon, you know, any other place uh, offers those opportunities without the burden of, of the expense. So even though our kids could do it, our thoughts were, why would we burden them with that if we don't have to? And so as we looked around at, at other states, it became clear that that was, that was an option. One of the things I do in my law practice is I do wills and trusts and estate planning. I was meeting with a lot of government employees who are getting their wills done and their, their trust done, and they were nearing retirement. And I asked them, what are you going to do when you're I would say 90% of them said they're leaving the state. Uh, most of them were going to Arizona or Idaho. Uh, some were coming to Texas. But the bottom line is they were leaving the state. Okay, well, just figure that out for a second. You've got these state retirees who have a pension that's being funded by California state taxpayers. They're going to take that money. And if they lived in California, they would put some of that money back into the California economy. So maybe they take $100,000 out of their pension but maybe they put fifty or sixty thousand back into the economy through sales taxes, property taxes, through uh, you know buying things in California that create jobs and support companies. Well, now if they move to say Texas, now they're taking one hundred percent of that that pension, that hundred thousand dollars, and it's going one hundred percent to the Texas economy, and there's nothing coming back into California to backfill it. It's an inverted pyramid, and an inverted pyramid can only stay up for so long before it tips over. Without getting you know too much into the weeds, the way California does their budget is just dishonest, and they're not accurately reporting how bad things really are. And eventually, that's going to burst, and I don't want to be around when it bursts, and I don't want my kids stuck with the bill when it does. And I think you, you kind of touched on something that was so true with the kids. We could have stayed there and been fine. We could have made our bills. We could have lived a middle-class existence and and been fine. But our kids would have been either burdened with college loans or worse. They would have been stuck and, and miserable. And so you said something, I remember when we thought about leaving and it really hit me when I, it was scary to leave and go to a state where we knew nobody. By the way, we had no family here, no friends here and no job waiting here. And, and we had no 
place to live when we first got here. Remember, we stayed in a hotel for nine days yes. while we tried to find a rental. Yes. Oh, and by the way, we landed, which we found out when we arrived here on the hottest day in like 200 years or something. Well, let's save the weather for later. We've got to give people something to hang on to yeah. for the end of the podcast. Which I love the weather here. But anyway, you're exactly right. So we, you said something which really hit me when we really were kind of on that precipice of should we go? I mean, the pro the pro list was so long and the con list was not. And I remember you saying to me, I would rather try and fail than not try at all. Well, and I know from, from talking to a lot of people still in California, a lot of people who've moved here from California, there are some of you, part of the reason you're listening to this podcast is because you just feel kind of a sense of despair and a sense of hopelessness. Like, you know, what do we do to get out of this? Or is just this just how it is? One of the misnomers that Californians have, and we hear it all the time, every place is like California, so and no true. place is better. And so one of the things we always hear is, well, every place has these problems, right? No, actually they don't. Uh, to give you a difference, uh, Tennessee, when they do uh, their road constructions, they have a policy where they borrow zero dollars to build roads. They build it when they have the money to build it. So while California is deeply in debt because of bonds they sold, and those bonds are now, the interest on those bonds is now basically taking up any transportation funds, which is why California roads are in such disrepair, Tennessee doesn't do that. They basically said, no, we're not going to borrow money to build our roads. And Tennessee roads are phenomenal. I mean, it's almost like driving on butter. And that is a comment we get from a lot of people. Well, when they come here, we can't believe how good your roads are. What Californians will say when they visit, though, is they'll say, oh, well, you've got traffic, too, which Nashville has traffic, definitely. But we don't have the debt <laughs> that, you know. And and Nashville's trying to alleviate the traffic as well. I mean, there's a lot of construction going on here to, to do that. So, uh, again, that's getting a little bit off uh, off topic as to why we came here. But one of the goals of the podcast is to hopefully give you some hope that there is an alternative out there and it can be done. And people are doing it every single day. And our goal is to help you make that right decision. Our goal is not to convince you to move to Tennessee or to convince you to leave California. But if you've decided to leave California and you want to consider Tennessee, we want to give you the best education possible so you make the best decision for you and your family. Well, I have to admit, for those people who are thinking, wow, they just pulled the trigger. They, they did their pro and con list and they moved immediately. That would not be the case at all. The truth of the matter is we came out just to kind of spy out the land with the kids and we loved it. Absolutely loved it. Our guide shared our oldest had graduated college. So that was the hardest part thinking, goodness, if she doesn't come, you know, because she was in Southern California, loving it. And as a mom, that was heartbreaking to me to think of leaving a child behind even a grown child on her own. I didn't like thinking of being that far away from her. But, and, and a little sidebar, she eventually did come out here and, and was here with us for a bit before she moved to Louisiana. But I will tell you, the thing that was amazing was that we came here, we fell in love with it. It crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and it was, we loved it. We decided here in the Nashville area that we were going to move here. What would you say that was 2010 or 2011? It was somewhere around there. Yeah. We decided, you know what? We were going to move here. We were going to do it. Oh, we flew back home, I remember, right? We flew out. That was a trip. We flew out to Atlanta, and then we checked out Atlanta briefly, and then we drove up to Knoxville, checked out Knoxville. Love Knoxville. Then, uh, Knoxville was great. 
and then went to Nashville, stayed in Nashville, and, and checked out Nashville. And then you and I would meet in the hotel courtyard every night and talk about, hey, what'd you like? What didn't you like? And then on the last night, we decided, yep, we're going to pull the trigger and we're going to go. And then the next day, we got on the airplane. So we get on the airplane. And probably by the time we cross the Rocky Mountains to get back to our home in the uh, Sierra Nevada foothills, I thought, this is the dumbest thing I've ever thought. What the heck? I know nobody out there. What am I thinking? This is stupid. We loved our neighborhood. We loved our neighbors. I loved my job. A little shout out to the Folsom Police Department. Love my job as a as a dispatcher there. My husband had a fantastic, he, he had a hybrid. You got to work, uh, you worked in downtown Placerville as an attorney, and you also got to teach at the college there. It was awesome. We loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Love Actually loved the schools our kids went to there too. When we got back home, thought this is the dumbest thing we've ever thought to do. No well, one. I would, like, I would like to say that I was a clairvoyant one who said, oh, you're so <laughs> wrong. This is the smartest we've ever done. But I was in complete agreement. It was like, what do we do moving to Tennessee? We don't know anybody there. We've never lived outside of California. You know, that's just, we were just basically... <laughs> overdosing on barbecue. And once we sobered up, we decided, no, we can't do that. That's crazy. So then I got about to doing the thing that I think every um, woman in her 40s does. And I started remodeling my kitchen, started painting cabinets. My in-laws are fantastic at at my mother-in-law's great at sewing. She did pillows. My father-in-law did built-ins in the house that we loved. And it was gorgeous. And I'm sorry that my kitchen was nicer than yours, but it was. And I loved it for about nine months. (laughs) And then we got a phone call. And that phone call came in, I being an author, I got a call from another author, who we had the same um, agent. And she called to say, Hey, I am going to be uh, speaking at at a mom event here pretty soon. I'm one of the head speakers of this big conference, she said, would you be interested in putting your book on my book table? And I said, I would take the crumbs off your table. Absolutely. I said, where is this conference this year? And she said, Nashville. And I went to Paul and I said, Paul, if I had the chance to put my book on a table that was a couple thousand miles away, what do you think about a road trip? And he said, well, absolutely. He said, where is it? And I said, Nashville. So we decided this time, instead of flying to Tennessee, we would take on the summer because one of the things we heard from all the California friends, people that were were kind and people that were, they would say, hey, that humidity, it is awful. Humidity is terrible there. And and what would you say? Um, No, the humidity here is not bad. But um, so while Joanne was at the conference, we brought our three kids out, our three youngest, and while she was at the conference, uh, I showed the kids around, and especially our, our oldest son, because he had not been. And uh, we just took the time to explore Nashville and Knoxville. And uh, and Joanne was at the conference at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel there. And we had an opportunity to check it out for a second time with different eyes. And by this time, it just really felt, this is, it just seemed like, okay, Lord, I can say no to you once, but I'm a little scared to say no a second time. And so this time when Paul and I made the decision we were pretty resolute and we said, no, let's, and that's when he, I think that's when you said, I'd rather try and fail than never to have tried. Well, that's good. When we got back to California, I, I still was no happier. It wasn't like I came back from Tennessee and said, okay, now, you know, California looks so much better now. You know, I've checked out the grass is greener on the other side and it, 
it turns out it wasn't that wasn't the case. I came back to California and I was even more frustrated because I saw how it could be, uh, having been to Texas and Tennessee, and then I come back to California and see how it is. So I was more ready to go the second time because I just I realized that uh, I, I couldn't stay and kind of watch California continue to deteriorate to the detriment of my kids. And so, yeah, we came out here at the hottest time and we've been to Memphis, you know, which is right on the Mississippi. So there is some humidity out here. Uh, it really is not that bad. And we tell people that and they go, oh, you're, you're making that up, but it, it really isn't. It's bearable. But when it comes to, you know, humidity or California, I always like to say, if I have a choice between humidity or stupidity, I'll take humidity. Okay. And I would like to add though, humidity is, I don't want to get into the weather thing, but I have to say it it isn't, it is terrible for people who are from, if you're from Santa Cruz or you're, when we had friends at the property recently, they're from Santa Barbara. That was, it seemed warm to them, but it's so tolerable. It is nothing like you'd think. I love, I actually love it. I would say, I mean, it's similar to having, you know, a 105 degree day in Sacramento, you know, being in the Central Valley. It, there are days that are uncomfortable. I would say maybe five days out of the summer where it's like, I'm not working outside. I'm not mowing the lawn. Just like if it was 105 in Sacramento, I'm not outside. I'm not mowing the lawn. The difference is in Tennessee, I can come into my house and run my air conditioner at a comfortable level and not, you know, have to take out a second mortgage to pay the electric bill. <laughs> so... Yes, you're going to have weather no matter where you go. I happen to like the varied season here. John brought that up earlier. We get, you know, summer thunderstorms that come through here. We get uh, a little bit of snow in the winter, just, you know, an inch or two where we live. We get the fall leaves uh, in the the fall that change color. So, um, you know, you're going to have weather no matter where you go. When we decided to leave California, weather was a consideration. For example, one of the things we ruled out was any place with snow. So that took Idaho off the map. That took Michigan and and the Northeast off the map. I didn't really care how good those states were. I didn't want to live in the snow like that. Well, let's admit, though, you you lived in the snow the first eight years of your life. You lived in Newfoundland, so you would experience snow, and you just weren't into living in it again. Yeah, I mean, I experienced when I was very young, but I remember seeing my my parents and how they had, you know, we had to dress and how we had to live, and uh, I decided I didn't want any part of that. But so that's what settled us south of you know, that snow line. I was going to say that's before they had, like, you could heat up, like, your driveway now and do things. That would be back in the old, that'd be back in the old days. But Yeah, not interested. (laughs) But anyway, so, so we decided there that, hey, okay, we're going to, we're going to move. But this is what we did. What we did was we said, hey, let's try it for two years. That's what we said. And I don't know who told us this, to, to give it the good you know, good try. It took two years to make someplace home or to know if you truly like it or not. And so our plan was we rented out our house. And because here's, here's another thing. People would say, oh, you're never, you can never come back to California. I, I regret not selling our house now. I really do. That was a big mistake. But at the time I wanted to have a life preserver to be able to come back. And I think that's what helped me. So when, and as a matter of fact, when I moved, when we all moved here, in 2012, the summer of 2012, you were only with us for, we rented a house. You were only with us for a few weeks. And then you went back to finish another semester teaching. So I was here with the kids for four months. Well, one of the things that we hope that we can convey to the listeners is that we're not Pollyanna. We're not suggesting that you just, you know, pull up stakes and, and bail out and not have a plan. We're very realistic. And so when we, you know, we'd been in Tennessee for a total of maybe 10 days uh, between our two visits and 10 days is, 
is nothing to be able to get a feel for the place and actually live there and decide whether you like it. But we decided we're going to give it two years. No matter how bad it is, no matter how uh, how rotten things may be, we're going to give it two years. And then at the end of two years, if it's still not working, uh, then we'll come back to California and we'll just call it a great adventure. Um, so we're not we're not uh, saying that there aren't challenges, that it's not difficult, but we also want to be realistic about that it can be done and and look at it objectively and decide which one is the best opportunity for you. Uh, I'm going to say for those moms who are probably listening, going, but what about the kids? How did the kids do? Which that'll be a whole episode. At the time when we moved here, our oldest girl, like I'd mentioned, our daughter was still on her own in Southern California and had her friends and her life going on there. And then our son had just graduated. By the time we officially decided to move here in the summer of 2012, he had just graduated a few weeks before from high school and he wasn't 18 yet. Our, our daughter was going to be going into the eighth grade when we moved here, and our son would be going into the sixth grade. So our two youngest would be going into junior high, which was we thought would be good for them to be together, you know. And then our son, for those of you whose who's teenagers say, oh, my goodness, I'll never move. I'll never move anywhere else. All my friends are here. I'll, I'll just share this part. Our son was a senior at the time, and he is a, he is a great kid. And all of the families thought, oh, we want to, he can stay with us. He did, he can go to junior college here. And we had a lot of people coming up to us saying, hey, your son can stay with us. But then his senior year, just like most teenagers, he decided, you know, he wasn't real interested in going to Tennessee and gave us a bit of pushback. Let me just say that a little bit of pushback about not wanting to go to Tennessee. And so I think you told him. Well, his big argument was that he was going to be 18. So we left uh, California the end of June, and he was going to turn 18 in the middle of August. And so he's like, in you know four to six weeks, I'm going to be 18 years old. So I'll just, you know, I can then, I'm an adult. And we said, okay, well, then when you turn 18, you can fly back to California and live your life. And, and we wish you nothing but the best, and we're here to help you. But until then, you're with us in Tennessee. And I will admit, his added, you know, he was not thrilled to be here but interestingly enough of he adapted very quickly oh my goodness and of all of us who've been back to of course our family people we love very much to live in california and 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 we are there we're there every year our son the one that gave us the most pushback has only been back in what eight years once twice no once i think once for a wedding and once for a vacation with his wife. Yeah, so two year, two twice in eight years. Yeah. So anyway, just to kind of give you a little bit of hope with kids, and and like some of you who've moved around, you know that kids do make friends, and kids, you know, the saying is they are resilient, and your children mirror you. So if you are anxious and worried and stressed, well, they're going to mirror exactly what you're feeling and exactly what you're modeling. So Paul and I really. We were excited to be here and we really did try our best to make it fun, to encourage, to explore and learn things here in Tennessee, because it is true, Tennessee and California, they are different. Well, and we also, as we looked at our friends who had kids about our age, again, I mentioned one family, all three of their kids, or four of their kids moved to three different states. We had another family whose four kids have relocated to, I think, two different states and and so as we saw that happening, we thought, well, our kids aren't going to live in California anyway, more than likely. They're going to move out of state, so we're not going to be close to them anyway. So why not move someplace where they have an opportunity to start a better life, to, to have a better future, 
to be able to live the life that they want to live with greater opportunity, then, uh, you know, even though it might have been hard on them in the beginning, uh, it ended up being, you know, the best decision later on. And I'm going to say one of the things that really, really, we said so often with our kids, and we saw so many of our friends, their kids going away to college, like you mentioned earlier, to out of state, some like Nevada, right? Reno, Nevada, I think gives the option to have in, you know, basically tuition and that's basically in-state tuition in Nevada. So kids were moving to different places or getting scholarships and moving out of state. And then guess what? I thought, uh-oh, they're going to stay there. You know, I, I I just figured I'd rather leave now with our kids than leave later without them. And when you factor in the cost of, you know, what college was going to be, we talked about that a little bit earlier. If we can move someplace to get in-state tuition at a cheaper college, um, you know, for example, um, you know, University of Tennessee, in-state tuition runs, you know, about five to $8,000 a year, uh, depending on, I'm sorry, semester, depending on which school you go to. Out-of-state tuition can run $20,000 a year. So we fear, well, let's move them to a state where if they do decide to stay there and put roots down, it'll be in-state tuition rather than out-of-state tuition. So we decided to come here and have our kids pay in-state tuition. I will say too, when we moved here, they didn't even have the Tennessee Hope, which is basically the junior college for two years for all everybody who is a resident of Tennessee, correct? That wasn't happening, I don't think, when we first moved here. When we first moved here, that was something that was not even on the radar. But uh, after we moved here, Tennessee passed what's called Tennessee Promise, where any uh, person that graduates from a Tennessee high school can go to community college for free or go to a technical school for free. So if, if your child is not particularly uh, interested in going to college, but they want to get into, for example, HVAC or diesel mechanic repair or uh, you know become a hairstylist, then they can go to an 18-month school that focuses just on that. So if they graduate from a Tennessee high school, they don't pay anything to the, to the community college or the technical school for tuition. Now, you still have books and you still have living expenses, but the tuition is covered by the taxpayer already. And that's one of the difference between, you know, California and Tennessee. So California has $100 million, and they decide to try to build a bullet train to nowhere that nobody wants to ride and that no private investor wants to invest in. Tennessee has $100 million, and they say, hey, let's send kids to college tuition-free. Not wrong. Neither, neither choice is, is necessarily inherently wrong. They're just different priorities. I would rather have a, a state that focuses on education versus a state that focuses on a bullet train to get people from Fresno to Merced faster. I don't think those were the cities they were going to, by the way. I think we're wrong about the cities, but... Eventually, they would have gotten Eventually. But the thing that I do love about Tennessee is just we're the volunteer state. And that's one of the things that they expect, even with the quote, air quote, prepaid. You, you've trained our kids to say prepaid by the taxpayer. There's no such thing as free tuition. So, yes, uh, what I typically say is that it's tuition that has been prepaid by the taxpayer. So it is no cost to my kids, but it wasn't a cost to somebody else. Yeah. So there are things that are expected of the students, and that would be volunteering. They have to do so many hours. Is it every semester? or? I believe it's eight hours every semester of community service that has to be actually in the community. So, for example, they can't volunteer at their church on a Sunday that they were doing anyway and call that community service. Now they can go ahead and mow the church's lawn or clean up the church grounds. They also can't work in their parents' business and call that community service. It really does have to be legitimate community service, and there's, there's no lack of opportunities for that. 
This is one of the reasons that we are taping these podcasts for you. We want you to be encouraged. We want you to have hope because we know it is very discouraging uh, for many of you to be in California right now. Like we said before, all of our family, majority of our family is there. uh, And a lot of our, uh, my best friend lives there. And so while everybody has different kind of gradations of where they land about California, it still is a hard place to be, uh, to start a business, to educate your kids. And that's, that makes me incredibly sad because I loved growing up in California. I was born in Southern California, raised in the Bay area. It is a beautiful state. And so it breaks my heart to hear what's happening and, and watch a lot that's going on there. It really hurts me to see that um, for so many reasons. I was saying, for those, you know, again, the goal of this podcast is to kind of give some hope to people who are feeling trapped or stuck or like there's no better future than what we have here. And there are alternatives out there. My favorite sayings is there's two times to plant an oak tree. The best time is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. And so if you're thinking, well, gee, I wish we would have done something earlier. There's nothing you can do about that. The time to do something, if, if you're looking at pursuing that, is now. And, and that's what we're here to do, is to provide you with the tools necessary to help you make the most educated decision for you and your family, whether that's Tennessee, Texas, Idaho. Uh, we just want to see you succeed. But our specialty is Tennessee, for sure. We can definitely refer you out to other states, but our specialty is Tennessee. Yep. And, and I will say, for those of you in California, just a little, I have to give a little plug. Uh, For those of you that have any kind of probate law that they're interested in finding an attorney for, uh, you are amazing at that. I'm just going to say that. Probates are really your thing. I won't disagree. Yes, you're pretty awesome. So on the next podcast, what we're going to talk about is real estate. What does real estate market look like in Tennessee? As Joanna mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm licensed in both Tennessee and California and let you know what you can get in Tennessee versus what you would get in California. We're going to talk about the cost of living, uh, utilities, property taxes, uh, all those things to, again, help you make an informed decision to see there are alternatives out there. And then you'll be able to take those addresses and look them up on Google Earth and and see what these houses look like. Or they can email us at craftrealestate at gmail.com. That's craft with a K, realestate at gmail.com. And you can put them on an actual personalized uh, real estate, real estate list that's specialized Uh, specifically for what they're looking for and the area they may be interested in. Because one of the things I think people think is, oh, you're moving to Tennessee. You can get a $4 million California house is only 500,000 or whatever. It really depends a lot on the county and where you are. Yes. Tennessee is somewhat unique uh, in Southern states in that they do have a broad range of real estate. So if you go to Mississippi, you're really, you're going to be, you know, in one price range, you might bump up to, you know, a million dollars someplace. In Tennessee, if you want to spend as little as $125,000 on a nice house, you can do that. If you want to spend $10 million on a house and property, you can do that. So the prices in Tennessee run the whole gamut. But you can easily afford what would be considered a standard middle-class house in a standard middle-class uh, neighborhood uh, and, and use that to propel yourself forward. Hopefully this has helped you a little bit. This is our story. We are still here. We have no plans to leave this state. We love it here. 
I just wish we could scoop up everybody we loved in California, all of our family, and bring them here with me because some of the sweetest times have been when they've been out here for weddings and stuff. I just love having my family here. But it is a sweet place to be, and we're hoping that this can possibly be in your crosshairs to be the sweet place that you may one day call home. We'd love to be a part of your story. Well, the barbecue's ready. Time to go, dear. Okay, yeah, barbecue. We're a little, we're getting too old for that. I think we need to eat more veggies.